From the beautiful Art House Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, this is The Pivot, stories of people who've made a change. Welcome to The Pivot Replay. My name is Andrew Osinga. Today, we're going to listen back to one of my favorite conversations from early in the podcast. This is with my friend, Ellie Holcomb. Ellie is a singer-songwriter, now a children's storybook author, and uh, just an all-around delightful person. I was interested to talk to Ellie uh, because she had just left a successful band with her husband to go and and start her own solo career. But we didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking about that, more just about the process of what has shaped Ellie into who she is today. And uh, it it was just so fun. And I know you're going to love this. Uh, It's great to revisit uh, my conversation with Ellie Holcomb. I'm not doing sponsors for this little mini season of Pivot Replays, but I did want to take this little moment to tell you about something that I love. And today, one of those things is pedal train pedal boards. I'm a guitar player, so this is about to get a little nerdy. I love pedals and the way that they allow you to do so many things with your guitar. I have an electric guitar pedal board that I leave at the studio. I have an electric guitar pedal board that I leave at home for when I need to jump out to do a local show or something. And then I have uh, two different little acoustic boards depending on the, the kind of gig it is. And all of them are pedal train pedal boards. It's an amazing design, really affordable, great cases. Ever since I started using one, that's all I've used. But you need to know that besides just a great product, they're an amazing company. They're run by a good friend of mine, amazing customer service. If you're a guitar player, you probably already know about Pedal Train, but if you've been wondering what kind of pedal board you should get, I can't recommend them highly enough. Pedal Train pedal boards. Not paying me. I just wanted to tell you because they're one of my favorite things. Y'all seen Sing? About a million times. <laughs> it's like all we listen to. Yeah. Drew but, and I were like, you know what? We're the parents here. We are good. Here's mm-hmm. the Beatles, guys. So we, you can listen to Sing for a little bit, and then we're going to choose the music because we need to start exposing you to more than like. Oh, man. It's between Sing and Trolls. Those are the oh two. Gosh, that's all we yes. listen to, my kids. <laughs> Which is kind of like, there's some good songs on there's there. There's some All really the Stevie good. Wonder stuff. It's so So good. then, of course, it's like. And then like, Tori Kelly's like, she's so lazy. She's so good. But then it's like, okay, guys, I'm going to have to teach you about Stevie Wonder. So then I go down a rabbit hole of like trying to tell my kids about Stevie Wonder, and they don't care at all. But I'm like, guys, <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, man. I, that's how it was playing the Beatles for Amy Lou. She was like, no, turn Sing back on. And we're like, no. <laughs> No, no, no. Sing exists because of the Beatles. Right. Everything Most exists of, because of the Beatles. And she was like, Beatles. I want to hear rock and roll. And we were like, rock and roll started with the Beatles. <laughs> so, so anyway, it's been good. She's come around. She will. Okay, good. It was Help. That was the song. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That for whatever reason, she liked the guitar parts on that. So yeah. She's really into Loud guitar is what she calls it, oh, a.k.a. I've got one of those. Electric. Yeah. Oh, I know. I want the loud guitar. I know. That's so, so good. good. Um, so I, I wanted to start, um, I want a little bit maybe start with kind of the brief overview of your story. And you have an interesting story, especially as regards to making music for a living. Yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up just 
going to record stores and reading liner notes and trying to figure out what all these things meant. You grew up, these people in the liner notes aren't just, I'm assuming they're just around. And oh, they're, yeah. your, they're your parents' friends, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell me, kind of tell us a little bit about uh, what, how you grew up and how music and music culture was in your house? Sure. Um, so I grew up, my dad um, is a CCM music producer. His name's Brown Bannister. My friends call him Beige Handrail all through high school. <laughs> <laughs> But he um, he really um, he really fell into doing music. He um, grew up in Texas. He was never planning on being a producer. Really? And yeah, he had um, some friends down in Texas, Mike Blanton mm-hmm. and um, a guy named Chris Christian, and they are old school music people, school. and they moved to Nashville. Um, they met Dad at Abilene Christian University, moved to Nashville, and um, and basically convinced my dad that he should move there too. Dad, um, Amy Grant was in Dad's youth group, and he ended up producing her first record. Yeah. He played. He and Chris Christian played a little cassette tape that Amy had recorded over the phone um, for the guy. I guess it, it would have been at Word. And Amazing. he signed her over the phone and said, Brown, I want you to produce a record. And he, Dad had never produced a record before. For real, isn't that crazy? So he I never knew that part of the story. That's it's, amazing. It's kind of fun. So he um, he got to engineer a record. I remember B.J. Thompson. Yeah, raindrops are falling. So when B.J. Thompson made a gospel record. For the first time, he met the Lord, made a gospel record, and um, Chris Christian produced that, ended up kind of having to leave in the middle of it, and Dad had to kind of wrap that project up. And because he was B.J. Thompson, the first record that my dad ever worked on went gold. <laughs> that's how you do it, kids. That's how you do it, kids. <laughs> so anyway, I grew up... Um, in studios all over Nashville, it was a really normal thing for me as a kid to, I mean, I grew up singing background vocals um, when, so you know, from the do. time that all I was time, like six yeah. or seven. And I just, I thought my dad had the coolest job in the world. Um, and he uh, really, like I two things that I learned during this time, um, one, I would w- listen to him tell these stories of um, of songs and of music having this incredible impact mm. on people's lives, like the power to deeply encourage and affect change and hope um, in people's lives. And so I caught that vision from a really young age. The second thing that I caught as a as a kid um, is that I did not want to be a musician. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. I just watched all of my friends' parents have to leave home a Mm. lot. And and then dad was so busy. Um, He was so, I mean, you know, a lot of times we would be leaving for school and he would be coming home from the, from, you know, the 24-hour period that you're paying to use the studio, yeah. they, like, had to maximize those hours back oh in the day before goodness. you could have a studio in your in your basement yeah. or your garage or whatever. Yeah. And so he, um, he was gone a ton. Mm. And so I just was like, yeah, I am never 
I literally was like, I'm never doing that music thing. I love it. I see the power in it. I appreciate it. I think, and I was at the, you know, grew up writing. Our family was very musical, so we would write. All of us wrote and would hmm. write songs together. Um, so if you're writing a song and somebody's like, hey, you should try this, that's like a compliment, and they yeah. want to work on it with you. So it was a very creative, huh. like, music-filled home. Um, but I just always thought that I would do it, write music just for myself. Not really? Crazy. Yeah. Man, that's so fascinating. So at what point, so you started writing songs when you were a kid, like, yeah, like seventh grade, seventh, eighth okay. grade. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like all the way through college, and um, I was like a bad version of Taylor Swift. <laughs> Could be argued that at that age, Taylor Swift was a bad version of Taylor Swift. She, so, she, but you know, I just, I was like having my heart broken a lot. Yeah. And so I was like just, working that out. Getting, getting working back that at out them. through yeah. song. Yeah, amazing. man. Amazing. So anyway. So yeah, so so where'd you go to school? UT Knoxville. Okay. And I um I continued, you know, I was always writing, I was writing all these heartbreak songs in uh college. And I would go in the dorm room stairwell mm-hmm. to to play them at night so I wouldn't wake up my roommate and yeah. practice and stuff. And uh and I will never forget. I would. It sounded great in the dorm, and you just like all there, concrete. What's better than a yeah stairway yeah, acoustics, right? Yeah, it's amazing. So we would. Um, I would play these songs, and I'd have my eyes closed. And inevitably, what would happen is I would look up, and um, there would be girls hmm. lining the stairs. A lot of times. Uh, Drunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then a lot of times crying, huh. and um and so I I would have this moment where I'd just be singing, not really knowing that anyone's there. I would look up and there would be all these girls, you know, listening, and then inevitably what would happen is they would a lot of them would sit down and they would just start talking to me yeah. and telling me, "Thank you so much for playing that. Here's what's going on. This guy just broke." Yeah, and I'm like, hey, I'm Ellie. What's your name? Like, I couldn't. <laughs> it was crazy to me. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that because I played a song, somebody who I didn't even know would sit down and tell me their story. So what I uh. learned in college um, was that music was a bridge builder. Mm. It connects people's stories. And I just thought, man, that is like, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, so, but I just thought I would always play music in, you know, stairwells. <laughs> I never thought it would be my so job. So, what, what, what did you think you would do for a job? I mean, did, did I, you have when you went to college? Right. Like, what was my career? Yeah. yeah what was my path? I, um, I was, I got my master's actually, really? and I got, I was undergrad. I was an English major because I just wanted, like, which was the best major ever because someone. It was like, yeah, if you're an English major, you just like read books and write. That's what I was. And I was like, yeah, it's like, that's the best. Yeah. All my friends are studying really hard. And I'm like in this creative, beautiful world. Oh, I love it. With my mind being, anyway, visiting all over the world, you know, by reading all these beautiful stories. So I just, I loved that. So I um, ended up getting my master's in education, secondary wow. ed, and, uh, and taught my... Um, during that whole time, I was getting my master's year-long program, so taught all through that, and became a language arts English teacher 
for high school and middle schoolers. I never knew this about you. How long were you a teacher? <laughs> Two years. Really? So in the Knoxville. year I was getting, yeah, the year I was getting my um, master's at, and taught in really urban, kind of rough, like uh, Title One, hmm. you know, yeah. lots of free reduced lunch kind of situations, and um, I loved it. And so I would use music in my classroom. We'd bring in, I mean. For every kind of thing, bringing songs to play for them. So I, I legitimately thought I was going to play music in stairwells in my room, yeah, and then like in my classroom. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> yeah. So, and the, what age did you teach? I was um, high school seniors and freshmen, and then I applied for a high school um, a senior job teaching job here in Nashville. They asked me if I would be willing to teach eighth grade, and I was like, Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd be willing, but high school, right? Mm-hmm. And I got my orientation letter for eighth grade. So I, I cried because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a middle school teacher. But I ended up teaching over here at Eastlit Magnet School and I loved it. Really? I, I loved it so much. So how long did you do that? For a year. Okay. So it was, um, so that was the other thing I swore I'd never do. I'd swore I'd never do music for my job and I swore I'd never marry a musician because I, you know, mm-hmm. I just was not enamored with yeah. like fame or with that lifestyle at all. I kind of saw, I knew, I really understood the cost. And mom and dad were like, listen, if y'all want to do music, we support you. Great. But you need to know, like, it's a hard life. It's yeah. not like you need to, like, know that you know that you want to do it if that's going to be what you're going to do because it's there's a cost to it. And so I just was, hmm. I felt like I saw it for what it was. I was like, I know that this is a powerful tool. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. I love doing it, but I the cost feels too high for me. So I was like, I will never marry a musician. So I think the Lord has a sense of humor because... <laughs> I ended up marrying a musician. And yeah, and he was a musician when you was he when already I met active? Him. Yeah, he yeah. was. Um, he was like my best guy friend that I swore I'd never date. So there was the other thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I married one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're like, friend, but, it, but yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, your bride is so wonderful. I love yeah. her so much. But it is. It works out pretty good when you marry your yeah your best friend. Like that's like kind of a great. Turns out there's a lot of hanging out. There's a lot of hanging out. Yeah, it's kind of what you do. It's good more than anything else. Yeah. yeah, and so we loved a ton. I mean, we would go see music together, take road trips to go mm-hmm. see concerts. Um, had a great group of friends at UT, and he was sort of like this. He was always gathering people to go yeah. do something fun, which is still who he is. Yeah, which is so awesome. Um, but he. He was um, writing music and started doing that, like really fresh out of college. Went and worked at a studio in Memphis, made his first TP. He was traveling around doing house shows wherever he could gather friends. Yeah. And so I was singing with him, you know, even when we were friends. And yeah, you know, as that started. But yeah, he was doing music when we started dating finally. And uh, and it was Drew who really we were actually in a deer blind in Texas. <laughs> So many good stories start this way. Uh, right. Like you do. It's where my dad grew up. Like you do. Um, uh, we were um, talking. So this was my first year of teaching, really, that first semester. Okay. So you're not still while in I was getting, okay. Sorry, second year of teaching. Uh, first year of teaching, not while I'm getting my master's. Okay, okay. First year of teaching in Nashville. We had moved to Nashville, got married, moved to Nashville. And um, in that deer blind, he was just, you know, he was traveling. It's so lonely 
Mm-hmm. You know. So this was before he was traveling with the band. It was just before he was, tra- he was driving. It was just Drew. There were no neighbors. It was just like him by himself. He's playing a bunch of community colleges and mm-hmm. random this NACA circuit. And um and he was like, Hey, I know that you are in love with your job. Like I know you love it. You are great at it. But is there any way that you would consider, you know, quitting next year and just coming with me on the road. Like, cause mm. he was gone for over half that s- semester. I mean, he'd been traveling a lot yeah. and he was like, I don't know, we're young. I feel like it could be really fun. Yeah. And so um, that felt like the scariest thing. <laughs> yeah. That's the conversation your parents dream of, right? Like <laughs> mom and dad, <laughs> I know I just got my master's in education, but I think I'm going to quit. And so it was a really scary decision. And I will never forget, um, uh, and and I, it wasn't like I was unhappy in my job. Like, I loved it. I felt like I was, like, I loved getting to know kids. I could see that you would be every kid's favorite. It teacher. was so fun. We we probably had too much fun in class. Like, we <laughs> laughed a lot. Eighth graders are hilarious. And um, and so I, um, I was really just, like, kind of, trying to say, okay, what? I don't know. I love this. I'm passionate about it. I feel like like there's purpose and and like good things. God's doing good things in this classroom. And I love calling out good things in my students. Mm. And um and this other and there's health insurance and a check every month. You know, <laughs> yeah. like there's so not to be under underrated. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I um remember having this conversation with a friend of mine and uh you know, I was just like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And and she, it was so powerful um, because I think so much of when you're when you're younger and when you're older, let's be honest, like you're like, what's the what does the future hold? What do you want me to do with my life, God? And, right. And so I was just like, I don't know if I'm supposed to keep teaching or to do this music thing with Drew. And she was like, Well, I think you actually know what you're supposed to do. And I was like, What are you talking about? And she was like, like most of what God calls us to do as followers of him, like he tells us. She's like, like, what do you hmm. know that God's called you to do? And like, what does he say in his word? And I was like, oh, like, well, yeah, like love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And she was like, cool. Yeah, so like, can you do that as a teacher? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And she was like, can you do that as a, as a musician? And I was like, sure. Yeah, I can. She was like, okay, what else has he called you to do? And I was like, okay, well, he's called me to honor and respect and love my husband. She's like, cool, can you do that as a teacher? And I was like, yeah, can you do that as a musician? Yeah, yeah, sure enough, I can. Cool, what else has he called you? Oh, well, he's called me to love my neighbors and and the people around me as myself. And she's like, cool, teach teacher, musician, check, check. Yeah. She was like, cool. So you can kind of like do what he's called you to do. What's, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, what's your heart telling you? And I was like, wait, I can do that? Like, she was like, yeah, because I'm pretty sure you can follow God no matter what your job is. Like, I'm pretty sure you Mm. can honor him and, and do what he says to do, whether a musician or a teacher. And there was mm. so much freedom in that, man. So, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, okay. It was a huge deal for me. And so wow. at the end of the day, I got to this place where I was like, I think I'm going to wonder what it would have been like mm. 
to like get to travel with my husband and do this music thing. And I think I'm going to always wonder what that would have been like. So Yeah. It's not about it even succeeding or failing. It's it's about the adventure. About point. the adventure of it. And yeah. and about knowing like we can follow God in a classroom with a traditional kind of job or taking an adventure and a huge risk. It felt like a huge risk for really? us. I mean, just zero. I mean, we had no idea if we'd be able to pay our bills. Yeah. You know? We were still surviving off like Target gift cards that people were sending <laughs> us as wedding gifts. Like we were eating peanut butter and jelly and frozen pizza and on like special nights getting Briar's ice cream and yeah. we borrowed a friend season. Like, and that's what we were doing <laughs> with our lives. So we were so, so, we didn't have a wash and dryer. I mean, it just, you know, it was just this like kind of beautiful season of like, okay, we're going to take an adventure together and we're going to risk this and, and know that we can, we can, uh, we can be who God's called us to be in either scenario. And, um, so it just felt like stepping off of a cliff, honestly. It was, Man. it was like exhilarating. And the first thing that we did, um, when I packed up my classroom, my last day, I, I remember I went to my, um, principal who I loved and I was like, all right, Mr. Kerr, um, I think I'm going to quit for next year and go try this music thing. Cause yeah. I think I have to, cause I'm always going to wonder what that would have been like if not. I said, but I'll probably be back in a year. Um, so if you can just consider me and not forget about me, I'll check back in with you here. So I really thought it was kind of going to be like a year-long diversion. We were mm-hmm. going to get to travel together, and um, and then I would go. We'd say, remember that year? That we traveled, and yeah. we took the risk, and, and then I went back and got a real job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> so... So how long did you guys do that as a as a couple? I mean, uh, so we um, the first thing we did, I packed up my classroom and we put everything in boxes in our little basement of the house we were renting, and we drove to a young life camp mm-hmm. to volunteer to be musicians there for a month, um, which was so scary. So literally, like we quit, my last paycheck comes, and then we go Good and just volunteer. volunteer for- <laughs> Oh my goodness. So we were selling CDs in the store, but um, I'll never forget. I, I called my mom and dad. I had never been to a Young Life camp before. And I, I hmm. knew what that was because I had a lot of friends um, who who were Young Life leaders in college. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had been around it, but I didn't really catch the whole vision of that they want every kid everywhere to hear the gospel in a way that they can respond to and yeah. understand. And it's relationships and... and um, I I called my mom and my dad at the end of that first week of camp, mm-hmm. and and what and I I told them I was like mom and dad I'm pretty sure God made me to do this mm. I am firing on all cylinders mm. so what I found out at Young Life Camp is. Um, the same thing that I learned in college when I was in the dorm room stairwell, music is a bridge builder. Mm. But all of a sudden at Young Life Camp, we're getting to play our songs. Same thing is happening. Kids are coming up to us to mm-hmm. just telling us their stories because we played a couple of songs. Yeah. And and so we took it, we got to take it a step further at camp. It's not all, it wasn't just that music was a bridge builder. It was music was 
a way to hear people's stories and then carry them to the ultimate bridge builder, Jesus. Mm. And I just thought, I cannot believe that I get to be any part of that kind of story. And uh, I just, um, you know, I was floored. And so um, I, I was like, oh my goodness, this is people, this is relational, this is musical, this is fun. Like, I, I was literally like, I... And what a cool conversation to have with your kid. As a mm-hmm. parent now, I just imagine like my little kid, Emmy Lou or Hutt, calling me being like, mom and dad, I'm firing on all cylinders. I love this. And so I think for me, um, in, in that same breath, that first week, I remember we had, you know, Drew's like the practical, pragmatic kind yeah. of one, even though he's a risk taker, you know, like he went in and checked the the CD sales that week and he's like, whoo. That was back when kids even bought CDs and right, like that's when they actually like listen to CDs, right? So, but he, um, he, it was pretty low, and um, and and so he was like, he's just doing the numbers in his head, and it was so clear that it was like, like God had us there for a reason. He was using us. The music was connecting. It was so, and so, so we really had to have that week. Like here we are, we take this big risk. And um, I remember that week just kind of going in and saying, okay, God, we like prayed through this. We want to love you. We want to serve you. And, um, but we are going to need you to provide, like, mm-hmm. because we also have to pay our bills. <laughs> so, um, so it was, it was uh, this kind of like crossroads where we got to be in a pretty uncomfortable position uh, that week. And uh, and just to choose to say we trust you, like here we are saying mm-hmm. yes to this kind of adventure that we feel like you're calling us to, and we're still going to say yes, but we're scared, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need you to provide. And uh, it was so fun. I remember the next week they had actually given us the wrong numbers. Really. Um, and they so it it was just enough. They they and then we realized that it it literally was just enough to like cover our rent oh, like that's for awesome. that for that week back home yeah. um and so it was it was a really great it, and that was just the first of mm-hmm. so many moments <laughs> like that. We were going, okay, Lord, I'm saying yes to this. I want to serve you. I want to give a surrendered yes to you, but um Ooh, this is uncomfortable, and and I'm not sure how this is all going to work out. Um, and then getting to see as you step off that cliff, getting to see the ground raise up beneath your mm. feet and see him kind of make a way. Mm. Uh, and so that has been the journey that we've been on for about eleven years now. Yeah, that's a beautiful so. image. So, but you don't, you're not in the band anymore. I mean, you guys, <laughs> this yeah. is what's most this is what's most fascinating to me about you and and Drew but you in particular that you I've been in a couple bands being in a band is like being in a family that's right like you live together you smell each other you just it's good life and bad. On life. you do everything like you're worried about the bills together you're having fun together like you kind of it's like a family with the exception that it's not your family. Your family. But in some ways, quit. you know them more than like your extended family. Oh, totally. Because you're so, yeah. Yeah. Because you're so But tight. you can quit a band. You, can, you can't quit your family. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. like you can't quit your family. You were in a band with your family and you quit the band. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you guys are, 
And I remember you telling me, like, we, we were somewhere, and you, yeah, they were on a tour. And I was like, but you're here. Like, yeah, I uh, I just quit. And yeah. how, how do you quit a band? That, and you guys had done a lot of work. I mean, you started, like you said, you're scrapping it. You're eating nothing but peanut butter and jelly, praying to make the bills. You guys, have, you guys toured harder than just about anybody I know. You guys played a billion shows. A lot of shows, yeah. Just when it starts to turn that corner, really, you guys are headlining. Like, <laughs> you, like okay, this is working. You're like, I'm, I'm going to start over again. Yeah. You know, what was that experience? Like, how, when did you start feeling that itch to go do something different? Yeah, that is, um, it still feels crazy to me, if that hmm. makes any sense. I, I cannot believe that, that we did that. So we, um, you know, we had been touring, I guess, for eight and a half years. Um, things weren't going great. Had our fair share, you know, of all those moments. Sure. It wasn't yeah. like just this perfect journey, but it was beautiful. It's a, but it's a slow, cl- it's climbing. Yeah, just yeah. like we've kind of just been this like slow and steady, you know, um, build over the over a long haul. And really just getting to meet and connect with so many people over yeah. the years. And so it's, I, it's a great way to build a music career because you always, there's, there is a humility that just be, mm. you just know you can't do it without the people that you've met over the years. Yeah. And so I, I'm really grateful that. Um, for that. But we, um, so we had our, um, we had our first little girl. And um, when I was pregnant with her, um, I kept, I was writing for the band always. And I kept trying to write. Um, songs for our band. And Drew's in like AAA Americana world. So we would go in the summers and usually volunteer at Young Life Camp for a month, two, three mm-hmm. months, some summers, which was crazy. <laughs> um, but we, during the year, we're not in like church. Drew's, it's not like a, a CCM Christian music yeah. band. We're in like clubs and bars and theaters. And, um, and so I kept trying to write songs for the band and I kept accidentally writing songs about Jesus. <laughs> It's like, oh man! I, I've done that. I know what that feels like. <laughs> Again, like, shoot! This is this yeah. is not what we do in our band, but this yeah. is what keeps coming out. Yeah, and when I try to write songs about Jesus, I always wrote songs about girls too. Right. So it, it, yeah. it happened both ways. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> so we, so so I love this. You can understand this conundrum. You're like, oh, oh yeah. that is not going to work. And so um, I just found out I was pregnant with Emmylou. Um, I, and I really, Drew and I had this conversation and he was like, Ellie, he was like, I just think like you, I just want to give you freedom to write whatever's coming out of you. Like you don't need, don't feel like you have to like force anything. Mm -hmm. Like just, why don't you just try like not worrying about if it's about Jesus. Like if that's the songs that are coming out of you, let that come out. And for some reason, when he said that it, I, I didn't need his permission to write whatever songs, but for some reason when he said that, it was like somebody lit a fire under me and mm. I I could not stop writing. I'd started memorizing scripture with a friend of mine that I met at Young Life Camp, Annie, and um, in an effort to kind of like kick back against the shadows with the light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and God's word was changing me. And so what I was doing is I was sitting in his word and and letting music come out. And I, mm. it felt extravagant. Like, I just was like, I have never enjoyed 
anything more Mm. than this. And so I was pregnant with Emily right when we had this conversation. By the end of nine months, um, I had a little baby girl to hold and like 45 songs that I'd written. (laughs) I could not stop writing. So I was like growing a baby and then like growing all of these songs. And cutting a live double album. Literally, like it was crazy. So the crazy thing is, and I, I, I... Literally just thought that I had a hard time memorizing scripture, but it was so fruitful and life-giving to me. And I just thought, well, maybe if I write God's word into songs, then I'll remember it. So I legitimately was just Mm. writing to 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 heal the doubt and and the fear and and the darkness kind of and the shadows that sometimes were settling over my own Mm. heart. And um had a lot of worry. I was really worried. Um, walked with a lot of friends with hard things that had happened through pregnancy. Yeah. So I had a lot of fear being pregnant. Yeah. Um, and um, so I was literally just singing to my soul. And mm. um, and it just felt like the most cathartic, beautiful, life-giving thing. So we have Emmy Lou, um, and I and we just say, you know what, we're we're gonna keep doing this music thing together. I'm loving writing. I'm co-writing with people all the time. And I'm just thinking it's that's just for me. Or maybe if I'm co-writing, somebody else will cut these songs and mm-hmm. I'm still touring with the band. So we bring Emmy Lou on the road at two weeks. We're touring. Mm-hmm. We have a Christmas tour. I remember that. And uh oh, and yeah. and she, I think by the time she was six months. Or I, yes, by the time she was six months, we've been to thirty-two states in Canada. Oh <laughs> and, um, and so she literally like slept oh. in a car seat for her first year of her life. And by the by the year by, t- by the time she was a year, she'd been to most of the thirty-two states. Again, we were on a tour with Need to Breathe, and um, so she literally grew up on the road. So by the time, so we're getting like it is like. So fun, like mm-hmm. just playing in front of these huge crowds. And in the midst of this, like my mama's heart is, you know, Emmy Lou is with us. So we're like in front of, you know, what I don't know, thousands and thousands of people. We're opening for Need to Breathe. I'm running back to our van, nursing Emmy Lou, and then like running back on to sing a song with the Need to Breathe guys. <laughs> It's just like, what is this? This is a crazy and beautiful life, but it's also kind of crazy. And then I'm up till two rocking her on the boat. So she didn't rocking her on the boat, on the bus, so she didn't wake the guys up at night. I mean, it was just insane. So by the time she started um, walking, I we were in, uh, you know, we were like in a sprinter van. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're not opening for Need to Breathe, we're like in a van and in a different hotel room every night. And uh, and I uh, had the privilege of watching right before um, she was born, right before Emily was born. So before all this crazy touring with her started, Drew, I was on bed rest, and so I couldn't do this solo tour with Drew and I were supposed to go out with Need to oh, Breathe yeah. before the yeah. whole band went out. I remember watching Drew solo acoustic. Uh, we were at the Orange Peel in Asheville. Yeah. I made it to one show on that tour just to see Drew do that the solo thing and I was watching Drew from the time that you know from when we were first married I never watched Drew play a show by himself I was always on stage with him singing and all of a sudden I'm sitting side stage watching him hold a room Mm. of thousands of people in the palm of his hand and 
he was going to invite me up halfway through his set, and I just had this feeling. I'm like, I do not want to go up there. Mm. This is something entirely different mm. when I enter the picture than it is just with you and your song. So, so we get through. So I had had that moment, but then we go on tour, and we have this crazy year of touring with Emmy Lou. We get to the next summer, and um, and we kind of have a break. We were going to visit some friends up in in the Hamptons. Actually, they have a house up there that they were renting, just, just the like you do. And we got there a couple of days before them. We got some lobster rolls. We put Emmylou down for sleeping, and um, and I am kind of feeling this pull as a mama. Like, as a mom, I'm just going, man, she's walking. She's in a car seat for, like, seven hours a day a lot of times. Like, just kind of feeling, Mm -hmm. like, this desire to let her be at home and not in a car seat all day. And and so I bring this up with Drew this night. Um, And I think – and I just – I asked him – because um, I'm writing all of these songs, feeling so alive writing. And all of a sudden, I realize that maybe when he writes songs, so this is a question that I asked him. I said, hey, I was like, this is going to sound like a crazy question, but I'm writing all these songs about my faith, working on my faith, and I don't really have to consider your role in them. And I was like, I'm just wondering, like, if you ever feel like, I don't know, like constricted because I'm on stage with you and you kind of have to consider my, like maybe you want to tell a story of another girl who, you know, and you just want to tell that story as a singer songwriter, Mm -hmm. but because I'm there, it just kind of like, I don't know. Do you ever feel like that's, do you ever feel like maybe I'm like a hindrance to the music that Mm. you want to make? And I was like, I'm not, you know, I, I won't be offended by your answer, but I just never have to consider you and when I'm writing and and you do kind of have to consider me and do you ever think about that moment of silence and he was like you know I don't know that I ever would have thought it but just as you're saying Mm. it yeah maybe I do so I bring up this whole idea I'm like well I'm loving writing and and I'm kind of thinking I'm just wondering what it would be like. I saw you play at the Asheville and at the Orange Peel, and I just think you're amazing. And I think it's kind of a different thing when both of us get on stage. It's sort of us, and that's what people are watching. And when I saw you play on stage, it's like these songs that you're writing take on a whole different life. Because it's not, I I feel a little, I don't know. I, I know what we have is great together, but... I think what you have just on your own is pretty amazing too. And mm. so he, it just started this conversation where I just was like, I'm feeling like I want to be a mom. I just, I think I want to stay home with Emilou and maybe try that. And that feels so scary and so dumb because we're at this crazy point in our career where things are growing. But I think I really want to stay home with her. And so um, we kind of like made this decision that maybe we would try me just writing and and staying at home. I didn't think I was going to share, make a record, hmm. any of that. I just kind of wanted to be a stay-at-home mom yeah. and, and kind of write and do this music thing. And so um, it was a crazy thing. I remember going home and talking to Al Andrews, our counselor, and being hmm. like, we kind of feel like idiots <laughs> we built this thing together. Um, but... M- but for me, my heart was just kind of like, I, 
I would love to see Drew just be Drew and and see what that music would be like without me kind of contributing and and being a part of that. And I really, for me, I really wanted to stay at home with my girl. And so um, when we told him, we were like, we feel like idiots because we've built this thing. It feels really scary. Again, here we are at a scary kind of position. And I remember Al just crying Mm. and, and saying, this is so beautiful. And he was like, what y'all are doing is, uh, he called it individuating. He was like, you're just letting each other be who you are. Drew, you're saying, Ellie, go write the songs that God's given you. They don't, this isn't the same. Like we do music in different ways. Go be a mom if that's your heart to be a stay-at-home mom. And Ellie, you're saying, Drew, go make music and be the artist that you are. And so it, and he was like, this is, y'all are just supporting each other and who God's made you to be. And you're realizing that maybe, maybe there are different things and maybe you do music and, and um, in totally different ways. And he was like, and that is a beautiful that's a beautiful thing. And so we were like, okay, I guess we're going to try this. So he, I will never forget him saying, he said, but here's the deal with any change, um, with any change in life, even if it's a good change, um, in any transition in life, there's always a funeral. Hmm. And so he just said, I just want you to feel the freedom to grieve what you're what you're giving up, even though this is good. Y'all are gonna go do, you know, the things that you feel like God's calling you. And they're they're different things for right now. And he said, but I want to give you the freedom uh, to grieve. If you're sad yeah. about that, don't don't feel like that means, you know, this was the wrong thing. He's like, that's just a natural part of life. Anytime you get married, you're losing this season of being just you. Anytime you have a kid, mm-hmm. it's not just ever going to be the two of you, even though that's those are beautiful things. Anytime you change a job, yeah, you're moving towards this new job and this new opportunity that's great, but, but it won't ever be like it was before. And it's okay. I just want to give you the freedom to grieve that and to tell you, in fact, you probably should grieve that mm-hmm. and have a funeral for this, this thing that you've, been the season that you've been in together. Honor that by grieving it. And mm. I just thought, man, what a beautiful yeah. piece of wisdom. And so, um, so yeah, I quit to be a stay-at-home mom and Drew went on the road by himself. And uh, and uh, it, as it turned out, the Lord had really different plans for me than just being a stay-at-home yeah. mom. Um uh, and and that's been a beautiful journey too. Um, but it it was crazy that first tour that I didn't go on with them. It just yeah. was like, wait, that's my family out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm supposed to be uh, with them. And in the same breath, um, the music felt alive in a way and connecting in ways mm. that it hadn't before because I wasn't there. Yeah. That's a tough thing. I remember when I I took a job at a record company. I worked at a record company for a couple of years, and I started on like a Monday, my first real job ever. And <laughs> I love it. and you know I don't know what I'm doing. 
I don't really have anything to do. I'm just sitting in an office all day. Like, ah. And it's probably like Wednesday, I, I see a picture on Facebook of all my songwriting friends together on Andy Gullhorn's back porch writing a song. And I'm like, I would have been there. Oh, I'm man. sitting here. And, and all I can think of that moment is what I'm missing out on, not the thing I've stepped into. And it's, it can be really, at that moment, you start second guessing everything, or at least I did. Absolutely. And you just feel like, oh, what am I doing? I'm not. I, I wondered if I wondered for you if you had had that. Oh man, that experience. Absolutely. I mean, it's that feeling of, um, and even going to see shows. Like you know, I'd yeah. come to just see a show. They'd start playing like Fire Dynamite, this song that I've always played. You know, and yeah. I'm like side stage, like put me in, coach. You know? <laughs> like, oh, I'm supposed to be out there playing this. Yeah. Um, but I'm such a to for sure have had moments like that of going, oh man, I miss this. And, and you know, it's fun. I can kind of come in and, and, and jump up for a couple songs, yeah. which I will, you know, every, every now and again, uh, you know, I'll come, if it's a close show or I'm, we end up in the same city, I'll come and sing on some songs. And it feels like so fun yeah. uh, to do that. But, but in the same breath, like, you know, I, I, also just am such a fan of them mm-hmm. and of getting to see things grow and change yeah. and see Rich and Nathan Duggar like step in to sing. Yeah. We didn't know that our bass player could sing harmonies or write songs. And as it turns out, he's like incredible. <laughs> so <laughs> but he was never needed. He, to, he was yeah. never needed. Like and so to see that um kind of yeah. evolve and grow is a really it's a really fun thing even though there's been times when you're like wait yeah. i'm supposed but to But that's be the beauty too. of it is the thing that they come up with is is something that it's not that it's even better or worse but it's they came up with something different than they would have that never would have and happened. you get to celebrate that absolutely and that's, it, yeah it is yeah it's a blessing and a curse but mostly it's a blessing yeah it it's, is yeah it's a it is a i think um, it's been a a gift for our marriage. Mm. Um, and people say a lot, you know, they ask us like, is it hard? Do you feel like y'all are competing? And um, one, we're in really different spaces. Like yeah. I'm now in this like CCM kind of world and which really, there's not really much overlap with where yeah. Drew is and where I am. Um, but it's been so beautiful uh to celebrate each other yeah uh to just like say hey this is different this is god's given us kind of different visions for what music looks like and even maybe for what music's for like different mm. visions of like how music can be used and um and so and and like i think that we're able to like rejoice and celebrate and enjoy both of those ways. And it sort of feels like uh, the body of Christ. It's mm. like we all have different gifts that God's given us. And yeah, they are different. Like I bless in the name of Jesus people who have like the gift of administration and organization. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, do not have that gift. And so... Um, um, or the gift of um, really like uh, 
leading and managing a group of people well, mm. um, or the gift of hospitality. And op- there are people that I know that like just open their homes and cook a meal for people. Yeah. There are people that I know that are so gifted in the art of conversation, even that mm-hmm. I'm just like going, man, I, he is, he uses all of our gifts mm. in such beautiful ways. And so I think um, even within the context of our marriage, we have gotten to see this beautiful picture of of the different ways that God uses his people. And even the, like Drew and I relate to God so differently and experience him so differently. And I think I used to want Drew to be like me, mm. you know, like I used to want to be like, no, I want you to experience God like this. And and uh, it's been such a beautiful thing to see, wait, no, I need you to experience God the way you experience Him because there's He reflects Himself in different ways mm. and reveals Himself in different ways to different people. And that's part of how He reveals Himself in a full way because He uses all of His kids and invites us all to be a part of that story yeah. in our own unique individual ways. And so it has felt like a celebration of the diversity and the variety of the gifts that God gives us in our marriage. And then and then it's helped me celebrate other other people, even other artists who I'm you sure. go like, oh man, I'm not doing that or I should be doing this. It's like, no, I love that God's giving you that. That's so good. I'm gonna celebrate that. Yeah, and you're then practiced I'm put, in the art of celebrating someone else. Yeah, man, it has been awesome. And then also I'm gonna celebrate what God's given me and put my head mm. to the ground and my feet and, and let my feet follow where he's calling me and say, yeah, what you've given me is good too. And I want to be faithful with that as well. Yeah. That is so awesome. It's good. I it's been that. so good. It's been so good for our souls. That's amazing. Well, I love, I mean, I love Drew's music. I love your music. I love the music you made together. I love what you guys are doing. <laughs> Thank you. Now more than ever, I'm a, it's fun to be a fan of your friends. You know, it's- Yeah, um, I feel the same way about you. So well, I know <laughs> the feelings mutual. No. <laughs> what, I, I have an experience with your music that I don't have with a lot of other people and that my, my 12-year-old daughter is, as, is probably a bigger fan. Uh, and uh, she sits at the piano and works out your songs. Uh, I think oh. I texted you this the other day, but she's sitting there. Doing, she's figured out Red Sea Road. She's just I'm teaching her chords. And, and she just, so she, you know, like a 12-year-old, she will play it all day. And so I hear your songs from the voice of my daughter. Oh, man. All day. And it is it's wonderful. So Man, what a gift. Thank you for doing what you do because I love it. But thank you for putting words in my daughter's mouth. <laughs> Fuck the gospel. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. But I love it. It's beautiful. So it's an honor. Thank you. Thanks for being here and Absolutely. being a part of this. It's a joy to be. <laughs> Good Lord. Where'd that come from? No, it's so sweet. It's so sweet, Andrew, oh. because here's the deal. Um, I think for me, um, when I've when I sense God calling me to share the songs, I thought the songs that I was writing were just for me. Mm. And when I sensed him asking me, would you be willing to go share these songs with other people? Mm. Literally, I was like, no. <laughs> I am supposed to be a stay-at-home mom. That is what I want to do. I feel like that is what you've called me to. And he's like, would you be willing to do both? And I'm like, that scares the hell out of me, God. Because mm. like, I, I think for me, the biggest lie that I believe in, um, in saying yes to 
to sharing these songs and, and recording that first record. We did a Kickstarter campaign for it. I felt like I wanted to throw up because I'm like, if we don't hit the goal, I just fail in front of everybody. <laughs> you know, it's just terrifying. You know that feeling. Yeah. So you're, but I, he, I just sensed him asking, would you go? And then, and then more than that, maybe even more than that, would you go and be a mess in front of people? And be real and authentic in front of people. I've been in counseling and he was healing me and setting me free from so much. And would you be willing to go into my churches and to where, because there's so many people in churches who are hurting and who are yeah. struggling and maybe, and I didn't know it was okay to struggle or to hurt or to not be okay. Growing up in the church, I just missed that somehow. And um, so when I sensed him asking me to go do that, it felt so scary um, and I think the lie that I still believe about doing music and the lie that the enemy tells me all the time is if you say yes to where God is asking you to go, I will destroy your family. Mm. And uh, and that's my heart. You know, yes. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do, yeah, I'm not. You know, this is like me from a kid saying, I don't want to do music because that's for the birds and because the schedule and there's a cost to it. The cost yeah. is high to doing this, but it is so, um, it is so sweet to hear stories like that, that little 12 year old girls are singing God's word. And, and I think the powerful thing for me is that, um, I hear my little girl singing the same songs. Mm. And so, um, I think when we give that surrendered yes to, to where God's asking us to go, even if there is a cost to it, um, I think there is um, the beauty of getting to see these glimpses of him saying, I'm so glad you said yes. See, I'm I'm using this. And not only am I going to use this in other people's lives, but I'm going to use this very music in your own family. The thing that you fear is going to destroy your family, I'm going to use to breathe life into your family and to 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 speak who my love to your family. And so when I hear my little girl... Um, you know, she's like jamming out. I listen to my own music more than I ever thought <laughs> because they're like, Mom, play Red Sea Road. You, you know, you and sing. Yeah, me and sing and trolls um, and Taylor Swift, which is really fun. But um, it's uh, it has been it's such an honor to hear to hear that. It's a really humbling thing to hear that. Uh, and encouraging to say, okay, the Lord's using this. And the minute he tells me to stop, I will stop touring. I'll stop making music. But as, as long as he's asking me to go, uh, I have to trust. He, the word that he's spoken over me to, to that lie that the enemy speaks is, uh, it's from Psalm 91, I will hide you under the shadow of my wing. So he's kind of spoken, mm. hey, I've, I will hide you and your family underneath the shadow of my wings. So those are kind of my fighting words against the lies at the end. It's just like, shame, you're a terrible mom. I can't believe you would do this. I'm like, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to leave home. It's hard. Um, but I do want to be obedient. And And at the end of the day, I think when you're walking where he's leading, um, even when it's scary and it feels like, how is this going to work out for my family? How are, how are we going to provide? How are we going to pay the bills? Or how are you going to take care of my family when I'm gone, Lord? Um, it, there is a beauty of seeing um, that same thing, stepping off the cliff. Like it's that Indiana Jones scene, you know, mm-hmm. where you're, he's like, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> like you're like, 
this is going to for sure kill me. This is so scary. And he's and he takes that step that looks like it's into the abyss, and there's the ground right underneath his feet. And I think I've had the privilege of seeing, um, like, oh man, like you hear stories like that of of a of a twelve year old girl singing the truth of the gospel, and you're like, man, the view is really good from here. Like mm. it's really. Sweet, and we don't always get to see that, but um, I'm so grateful uh, that he continues to say, "Hey, um, keep going, keep doing this." So, thank you for for sharing that. Love it. Well, thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Pivot Replay. Love making this for you. We'll be back with new episodes in January. Now go do something awesome.